0: The other day, I was standing outside the Brooklyn bar and I met someone. I said, Can you tell me the difference between ignorance and empathy? And he responded, I don't know and I don't care. <laughs> We're here today because we do know and we do care about the, the Parsha of the week, which is Pinchas. God tells Pinchas in the opening verses of the parsha, I will give you a covenant of peace. And furthermore, I will give you the Kunas elam, the covenant of the eternal priesthood, that you and your children and grandchildren for all generations to come will be Kohanim, will be priests in the holy temple. What is the idea of Berisi Shalom? So Rashi tells us that it's like someone who says thank you for doing me a favor. And therefore I show you my goodness and graciousness. And similarly God told Pinchas thank you for bringing an end to this terrible plague that was wrought upon the Jewish people. But Pinchas falls out every year during the three weeks. The three weeks between the 17th of Tammuz when the walls of Jerusalem were breached, and led up to the seventh, the ninth of the month of Av, Tisha B'Av, when the first and second holy temples were destroyed. So these three weeks are known as Bein HaMetsarim. To understand this, on Pshat, What is the simple interpretation that these three weeks are called the Bain HaMetsarim? It is actually based on a verse in Eicha, the book of Lamentations. And there it says, Gua Bein mitzarim in chapter 1. It says that it was a time that her pursuers overtook her in narrow straits. So the word Bein HaMetzarim means between narrow straits, which also refers to the days of distress and the three weeks that we also are in the narrow straits because we suffer the the loss of the first and second holy temples and throughout the history of the Jewish people many terrible things befell us over these three weeks halachically it's a time that we don't take haircuts we don't listen to music or perform weddings and we don't wear new clothing etc etc so this is the idea of Ben Amitzarim, the three weeks. What is the hint of the three weeks for the future? That Rambam tells us that Yom Elu, Toivu. That these three weeks will be transformed in the future when Mashiach will come to the greatest days of joy. In other words, not only will these three weeks be nullified that we will no longer have to practice morning rites over these three weeks. But more than that is going to be a descent for a greater ascent, which is a general rule in Kabbalah and in life that you have to go down in order to go up. And if, God forbid, you are forced to go down, it's only because God wants you to go to a higher place and a greater place. And the same is true these three weeks is that we go down through these weeks of constraints and challenges and hardships. Like it says in the book of Keheles, of the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon tells us Ki in her that greater light comes out from darkness. It's through the darkness itself that creates this greater light. And so when there's a blockage, a concealment It requires us to toil even harder and to work more. And this is really the purpose of challenges. When God gives a person a challenge, it is so that we should go deeper into our psyche, into our reservoirs of of power, of potential, and to reveal the tremendous good and the colossal potential that we have. So these three weeks are not only that By going down, we're going to go up. In other words, not only these three weeks will be transformed in the future, but really now already, there is hidden good, greater good than any other day of the year. It's like going into a gold mine. It's not only that you're going to get paid eventually for the work that you put into the gold mine or into the the diamond mine, but the fact that you find the diamonds is now in the mine. In these three weeks God embedded in the world all of these gifts and all of these blessings and it is through the toil and the additional charity the additional Torah study and prayer that one performs throughout these three weeks that one is able to acquire all of this good. This is the Remiz. This is the hint. What is the drush? What is the homiletics? The Samaxedek tells us and <clears throat> the words of Isigua Bein Amitzarim pertain to these three weeks, which are called between the constraints. That in reality, the word Meitzar, meitzar means challenges, sorrows, hardships. That Min King David tells us, Min when a person is in a place of constraints, of hardship, of challenges, and he calls out to God, and he screams out to God, because of his his pain, and hardship, and void, and challenge, and hurt. God answers us in an expansive way. And so these three weeks are an opportunity to call out to God from the constraints and God responds in a big way. And this idea of from the constraint to the expansive says the Sema This is really the advantage of these three weeks. That it's through these challenges that we're able to acquire these new heights. And this is really the concept of the shofar. The idea of these three weeks re- resembles the shofar. What is the shofar? On one hand, on one side, is very small, a small hole. On the other side, is very wide. From menaneitzah, from, from blowing from the depth of your heart into the small little hole, you have a loud sound that comes out on the other side. In other words, these three weeks, we have the gift of the parallel of the shofar what we can accomplish on Rosh Hashanah when we blow the shofar these three weeks when we add to their toil and to the service of God we too have that potential to receive the benefits and the blessings of Almighty God it says in the Gemara that a year that begins on a level of poverty will end to be very rich This idea of shana shirasha, which means a year that starts off in a state of poverty, ends in a state of wealth, does not necessarily mean we have to wait the entire year until the twelve months to get the wealth. But on the contrary, once we blow the shofar, already we now have the wealth. So we started off the moment before we blew the shofar in a state of poverty, in a state of being insignificant. And and unimportant, and the next moment we become rich and significant and valuable. And the same is true every day when we daven, and when we pray. If we pray with benametzah karasika, we pray with our heart. We pray with our emotion. We pray with tremendous kavanah and meditation. This is the idea of benametzar from the constraints. Anoni by Mechavka, <coughs> Almighty God will answer us in an expansive way. <coughs> this is the idea according to the Drush. How do we understand this? pertaining <coughs> to the numbers of the month, of the year, the month of Tammuz, which starts the three weeks, is actually the fourth month of the year, the month of Tammuz. <clears throat> the third month of the year is Sivan, when God gave us the Torah. The fourth month of the year is Tammuz. The difference between the number three and number four is the letters Gimel and Dalit. Gimel is the third letter of the Olive Bayes, Dalit is the fourth level of the Olive Bayes. Gimel is Gemoyel, the giver, the benefactor. Alluding to Almighty God who gave us the Torah in the third month. So the trajectory was above to below. God gave us a gift. Even though perhaps we didn't deserve it. The fourth month is the Dalid. The letter Dalid is the less. You have nothing. It's the poor person. The Dal. And therefore now the job And the service and the mission of the fourth month is that the poor person needs to work to get closer to the giver, to the benefactor. And that is through putting in our own efforts, our own toil, rather than simply being a recipient constantly. Now you also put something into it. As the Talmud says, we don't want cheap bread. Cheap bread means you didn't work for it. When you work for something, you appreciate it. I know once I made scrambled eggs. They said, wow, this is delicious, most, the best scrambled eggs I've ever had in my whole life. wife like, said, I make you everyday scrambled eggs. I know, but this is really good. Of course it's good. You made it yourself. Yeah. The moment you do something <clears throat> and you participate, therefore there's a greater value to that participation. And so it's not enough that God gave us the Torah in the third month. In the fourth month, God wants us to reciprocate and he wants us to participate. And that is the idea of the three weeks of Min meitzar, Min HaMetsarim, the three weeks of constraint, of challenges, and the three weeks of poverty, that we have to go deeper to be able to reach now a higher level than before. The idea of number four also represents closure. The Torah begins with the letter bays. Bays has three lines. Voracious in the beginning. In the beginning, God created the world that the world only had three sides. The fourth side was opened. As it says, from the side of the north, the evil begins. The enemy came from the north to destroy the land of Israel. And similarly, evil comes from the north. And our responsibility is to close off that side so that no longer can evil enter. So God created three of the four sides, and we need to finalize and close that opening on the fourth side. This is the fourth month, the month of Tammuz, when we have to participate and bring closure to all pain and suffering. This is the idea of soyd, this is the concept of the esoteric. What does Hasidus say? Hasidus says that it's true... That through darkness a person acquires greater light, and every challenge is to bring out deeper qualities latent in a person's psyche. However, why must God give us darkness? Why must God give us pain in order to reveal these secrets and these potential powers? God can do something else. God is a kalyachal, God is capable of doing anything, God is eternal, God is infinite. God is the omnipotent. If that's the case, why make us go through darkness to bring out greater light? Give us greater good to bring out greater light. And the answer is that in order for Torah to have Shlemut, which means to be complete, in order for our Avodah, our service to God, to be complete, it's needed that God should enter not only into a sphere that is light and good, but God also needs to enter into the sphere of darkness and hardship. In other words, no place should be void of God. And therefore, when in a place of darkness we recognize God, in a place of, of void, we also fill it with the knowledge and the belief and trust in God, this brings a completion to godliness. And that is also the concept of number five. Because the three weeks actually go from the month of Tammuz, the fourth month, into the fifth month, which is the month of Av, Menachem Av. The number five represents the fifth level of the soul, the yechidah As we say, the liyachdach. The affirmation of the oneness of the soul to the oneness of God. In other words, by the fact that we give additional toil and work and affirmation to God, we now become one with Almighty God. In Kabbalah, the number 3 and 4, even though 3 and 4 unite, 3 is 3 and 4 is 4. There's God and then there's humankind. Number five represents becoming one. That we are totally one with God. There's no separation. And this is the transformation of the five negative things that took place on the day of Tisha B'Av. That these five negative historic events are now transformed to the five levels of the five prayers of Yom Kippur. Which is a day of atonement and a day of oneness and a day of love with Almighty God. So, this is also why in Yom Kippur, at the end of the Neilah service and the end of the fifth service, we say Shema Israel, Hashem Lekinor Hashem achar. Here, o Israel, God is our Lord; God is one. The idea of oneness takes place after we are able to reveal the fifth level of the soul, that is no longer God and humankind, me and you. No, it's a true unity that there is no separation between the two. And that is why we say, Baruch Malchus, Blessed be the name of your glorious kingdom forever and ever. That it should not only be on Yom Kippur, but that one is, should continue throughout the entire year. And then we say, Hashem Hu God is Elohim. What does that mean, God is Elohim? God is God? We know God is God. What we're saying is as follows. Elohim represents the name of God that deals with nature. And furthermore, the name of God that is involved with judgment and darkness in a place of constraints. So we say, Havaya, Hualikim, God who is beyond time and space, the God who is light and beautiful and kind, also enters now even into Elokim, into a place of darkness, even to a place of constraints. Even there we have the ability and credibility to acknowledge Almighty God. And now God is truly complete. And that is through human intervention. That is through our toil, our service, and our commitment to Almighty God. And this is the idea of the covenant of Pinchos. The covenant of Shalom. It should be ultimate peace. Peace between God and humankind. Peace between the spiritual and the physical. Peace between Am Yisrael... And all the nations of the world. So, this is the potential of the Ben Amit Sarim of these three weeks. It is not only three weeks of challenge and three weeks of constraints, but it's a gift from Almighty God that one has the capacity to reach the level of the blowing of the shofar on Rosh Hashanah, and furthermore, even to reach the level of Yom Kippur, which is the level of the five prayers. When the essence of our soul becomes one with Almighty God. To end with the story, we've said it in the past, that the Lubavitcher Rebbe left three times from Crown Heights, New York, and he traveled up to the camps where the children were spending their summer And he left in the morning, came back in the evening. But the Rebbe ultimately was always overnight in Crown Heights. Since the Rebbe became Rebbe, he never left Crown Heights, never traveled to other places besides going to the Ohel, which is the resting place of his father-in-law in in the cemetery to pray on behalf of Klai Yisrael. The Rebbe left New York City to go up to the Catskills three times to visit the campers, but again came back that same day. On one of his visits, and he went to to Camp Amuna to the girls' camp, and then he went to the boys' camp, the Rebbe looked through the bunks to see what was happening over there. And one of the bunks had the arts and crafts room. There was a lot of glitter and glue and sawdust, and the counselors were concerned that the Rebbe would see the big mess. So on top of the ceiling, they wrote the words, Zeicher L'Churban, a remembrance for the destruction of the Holy Temple. And they thought that would be a good excuse. If the Rebbe would see the disarray, he would say, okay, Zeichel L'Churban, a remembrance for the destruction of the temple. The Rebbe stands by the bunk, he wants to get in, and they let him in, he looks inside, and immediately he sees on the ceiling the words Zeichel L'Churban, a remembrance to the destruction of the temple. And the Rebbe responds, Zeicher L'Churban, Zeicher Migdash. Which means, don't say it's a remembrance for the destruction. But rather, it's a remembrance for the rebuilding of the Holy Temple. This was the Rebbe's philosophy in general. To see the good in everything, not the bad. And similarly, these three weeks, there are two ways to approach these three weeks. One is reactive, and one is to be proactive. One is, oy we had such a terrible history, and look what happened these three weeks. Or, we say no. These three weeks, we are going to rebuild the temple. And the oyveh is, how come Mashiach is not here already? Oyveh, how come the temple was not already rebuilt? Oyveh, how come we're not doing enough? So it's a positive oyveh. It's a time that we take the opportunity to have this counsel with ourselves and to have introspection of why can't we do more to end this godless, to end this exile, and to bring about the coming of Mashiach, from Heira, be